Welcome to Voices from the Field, a podcast produced by the National Collaborating Center for Indigenous Health. NCCIH focuses on innovative research and community-based initiatives promoting the health and well-being of First Nation, Inuit, and Métis peoples in Canada. In this episode, Dr. Jeffrey Ansluce discusses everyday foundations of Indigenous peoples' mental health, well-being, and healing, both broadly as well as specific to the current pandemic. With public health restrictions in place on travel and large social gatherings, collective grieving and mourning to celebrate the life of loved ones has been severely limited. Here, Dr. Ansluce discusses its long-term effects and the need for proactive adaptations to support the emotional and mental health needs of families and communities. He ends by reinforcing the strengths of communities and how they support greater mental health and well-being. Dr. Ansluss, given the continued restrictions on gatherings and travel, do you have ideas on how to best support grief and mourning for Indigenous families and communities? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of different things one could say on that, but every community is different and every community's needs are going to be different. Um, But most importantly, um, I always think about the basics first, you know, ensuring that people have access to essential things like water nutrition, sleep, and a bit of exercise. Those are sort of the basic things, the foundations for good health. Um, But also thinking about having access to people in the community that they can rely on for support. And I think for a lot of young people, um, that's the specific thing they keep asking for in communities, ensuring that there's um, somebody supportive, uh, a youth worker, um, a health worker, um, someone who they can rely on for emotional and social support in contexts where there may be not a lot of support available to them. Um, but really connecting to other people. Um, and, and that's, you know, added challenges to that are that, of course, in social distancing, it's harder for people to, to do that. Um, and so ensuring that people have access to those types of supports through digital or telephone means is really important. Doctor, can you talk about some of the long-term impacts that Indigenous peoples may experience as a result of being deprived of of cultural ways of mourning due to COVID-19? Okay, so I guess the the, anytime we look at a context where access to people's um, social supports and cultural connections, uh, when those are interfered with, there are always going to be impacts to that, both on on mental health, on community well-being. Um, and I think it, as we look at the long-term impacts of COVID-19, I think that the the most significant areas where um, that will impact communities is in relationship to the ability to gather together to celebrate and mourn um, the loss of loved ones and community. That's obviously severed because of a number of um, social distancing measures. But I think the, the ways in which we can... Um, practice our ceremonies are not necessarily just isolated to gathering in community, but community is a big part of that. And so there are important sort of um, moments of grieving collectively that are impacted by that disruption. Um, I think in the long term, it means that we need to be thinking really proactively about ways of supporting people in grieving processes um, into the future. For some people, that might mean sort of protracted or or, or long elongated processes of grieving where um, maybe traditional 
ceremonies might dictate, you know, a certain time frame for some families or some communities and of, of ways of adjusting for uh, grief processes, uh, which have required distancing. Are there any other areas that we should focus on in terms of all of these issues, uh, the, the bigger picture? Well, I think that what this period of social distancing in reaction to COVID-19 has made abundantly clear is that the structural issues that are impacting Indigenous communities are made all the more visible. Um, Inequities in terms of services, in terms of infrastructure that have real direct impact on health and in particular mental health are felt even more so in moments when people are distancing. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, the importance of people accessing telehealth or accessing mental health services online. But a lot of those interventions assume a degree of access to internet or access to technology that just not every Indigenous community has across Canada. Um, and so I think, you know, in, in terms of what it signals, it signals for us that we need to be thinking about longer term um, commitments to ensure that Indigenous communities across Canada have more equitable access to services and opportunities to um, live healthy lives. Um, I think the other thing it's making really clear is that we do need a much more comprehensive um, commitment to mental health promotion across Canada uh, with Indigenous peoples um, and thinking about ways to ensure um, that people have access to culturally relevant and um, contextually informed services in terms of mental health. I mean, I think when we talk about um, well-being and mental health supports in Indigenous communities, we're not just talking about one single type of service. Um, you know, it's not just having a psychologist or it's not just having a mental health worker or a psychiatric nurse. It's about thinking in more comprehensive ways. So ensuring that the everyday practices that promote mental health from uh, young people's experiences with the school system all the way through to elders in the community and their um, the supports they receive on a day-to-day basis um, that everyday actions that promote mental health are something that's considered. Um, it means ensuring that the conditions that are conducive to mental health are prioritized by not only local governments, but federal and governments' investments in Indigenous communities to ensure access to clean drinking water, safe and affordable housing, um, you know, environmental, environmental health issues like dust control um, or uh, resource um, toxicity is taken into consideration, those sorts of things that are at the level of infrastructure. And then I think more broadly, we need to be thinking about investing in forms of education that support um, different types of professionals that work in Indigenous communities that are informed by culturally relevant approaches to, in, to Indigenous mental health promotion, but also that value the traditional knowledges of healing that exists within uh, our cultures and our languages and our traditions. So I think rather than it just being one thing, it's really a, a variety of of things that altogether need to be considered to promote a, a more um, positive approach to uh, promoting Indigenous well-being and mental health. Any final thoughts, Doctor? Um, I guess you know one of the real uh, assumptions at the beginning of this pandemic was that there would be a profound crises of um, contagions of suicide in, in Indigenous communities related to uh, the social isolation. And um, thus far, two things have become really clear. Um, One is that we really have no uh, federal mechanism to monitor um, what's occurring in terms of suicide in Indigenous communities. And that's a real issue that I think needs to be addressed in the wake of COVID-19, that we need to have a more comprehensive approach and and community-governed approach 
uh, to ensuring that we have accurate information about what's happening at the level of communities in terms of supporting um, mental health and addressing issues like suicide. The second thing is that people assume that there would be this sort of um, nationwide contagion effect um, of suicide in relation to Indigenous communities. And thus far, that has actually not been the case. So that was an assumption that people had. But I think what it really makes clear is that um, really living in community and having um, connection to one another in community is something that's really important to promoting mental health and well-being. Um, and, and while, um, you know, these isolation measures that have impacted the public at large uh, have had impacts on mental health, what we're seeing in Indigenous communities is people drawing together, uh, people supporting one another. And I think that that's a real strength and that's something that we need to really learn from as we look forward to ways of ensuring uh, we can continue to promote mental health and address suicide prevention in our communities. Dr. Anslus, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. To hear more podcasts in this series, head to the Voices from the Field homepage, located on the website of the National Collaborating Center for Indigenous Health, nccih.ca. Music on this podcast is by Blue Dot Sessions. It appears under a Creative Commons license. Learn more at www.sessions.blue.com.